want to go over just a few things regarding Thanksgiving and then just some scripture related to thanks. Um, the holiday of Thanksgiving does have religious roots, and it is something that I think harvest festivals have been a part of people for centuries and centuries. Uh, the Israelites, a lot of their feast times were built around their harvests. It was just a natural time to celebrate and give thanks. Um, in this country, Thanksgiving was first established um, through Abraham Lincoln's proclamation, 1863, uh, in an attempt to help pull a country together, they declared a, a day of thanksgiving. And so that's what we currently participate in, an ongoing thing from that time. But uh, it has roots with the pilgrims that came over on the Mayflower in 1620. Uh, it was kind of alluding back to that time. If ever you want to read... Um, a Christian perspective of what the pilgrims were doing and what they were walking through. This is a tremendous book. It's called The Light and the Glory. You can find it on Amazon. Um, there's a kid's version as well. Uh, but just uh, really well done stuff, kind of linking their spiritual lives with the activities that took place and how God provided for them. Um, some of the things that went on they, uh, they were ill-prepared as a people. It'd be like you and I just heading off into the wilderness and say, okay, we're going to set up house. Uh, you can imagine how, how brutal that would be. And they, they weren't much better prepared. In fact, they brought 400 books with them in a printing press. You know, that probably isn't the first thing that you want to do when you, when you go establish a place. Sharn, uh, I might, but <laughs> it's, it's not smart, you know. Um, they, they left and were three months on a ship, landed, and actually began their establishment in December. Again, wrong time of the year to get going. And uh, in that, uh, they had suffered a lot of illness during the thing, but even when they landed then, there was kind of a general sickness that, that took over the people after all these months on ship. And uh, in January, they had six die. Or in December, they had six die. In January, they had eight die. In February, they had 17 die. Uh, I've neglected to mention that in January, they, the community building that they had put up to weather the winter and caught on fire, or the roof, most of it burned, uh, not the timbers, but the, the grass matting and such, and fell down. Quick-thinking people got the open barrels of gunpowder out of there before it got even worse. But um, the, the whole building had been filled with sick people. In fact, at one point in the winter, only, there were only five men that were capable of serving everyone else and taking care of them. They started the journey with... Uh, 102 were passengers on the Mayflower, plus the crew, but um, 47 died in that first winter. And uh, so it was a very, very difficult time for them. Um, but there were some things that, that took place that even in that. Uh, now, 
of the survivors, it was mainly the children, are that did the best. Uh, 13 of the 18 wives died. So, you know, family chaos, all of that setting in. In March, uh, an Indian showed up named Samoset uh, and just asked, do you have any beer? <laughs> He'd been over to England, and, and uh, but they developed, a, they treated him well, although they didn't have any left over. Um, but um, they had, they sent him out. He went back to a, an Indian village and met Squanto, or, who had been living in that area, had been a slave from 1605, brought over to England, learned English extremely well, came back, and he felt a burden for this people who were actually living where his tribe had lived. But there had been a plague four years previous before he got back, and everyone had died. And so there was this space that had area cleared for crops and everything else, and yet no one was living there because all the others around thought it was, uh, there was some, something awful about it, and no one had moved in there. So they, they got into this empty place, and uh, they made it through the winter. And so they had their first Thanksgiving. They invited uh, the Indian tribe with Mamaset, and um, he brought 90 braves, and they... Uh, they, they went through a lot of their provisions that they had gained through the summer, but also the Indians brought a, a number of butchered deer. And so they, they had a day of celebration, Thanksgiving. Then later, that was in October, in November, another ship showed up called the Fortune. And it brought uh, a batch more of people who didn't have any extra clothing, food supplies, tools. They didn't bring anything. It was just like they were out, you know, going to come live with you guys. Or, again, no understanding of what was needed. And so they immediately went on partial rations. Um, it got very brutal. In fact, at one point, they were allotted five kernels of corn per day. And... Uh, the, the amazing thing is no one died in that winter. So, you know, life goes on. In 1623, um, they were flourishing, and it's, they were each having their own plots of land, and suddenly a drought took over. And so all the corn that was up withered on the stock, uh, everything was, it looked like it was done. They called a day of fasting, and they then received 14 days of gentle rain. Not enough to destroy, but just gentle. The crops came back. They celebrated again another Thanksgiving that fall. That time, uh, the tribal chief brought 120 braves, but they had a, they actually formed a, a, a covenant with each other that lasted for 40 years, and they're working together. But that's, that's the heritage connected with it. These people were, were seeking an opportunity to worship God as they saw fit, uh, and they sought God during that time. But that's, that's the, the roots of, of thanksgiving, 
as, as we know it. So anyway, our roots. <laughs> In Psalms, the declaration is made, all you nations, clap your hands. Shout out to God in celebration, for the Lord Most High is awe-inspiring. He's the great King who rules the whole earth. The idea is if we understand who God is and we know his workings as they are, there is, should be a natural gratitude in our hearts that rises to him and says, he is orchestrating the events of history. He has his hand over all things. His concern is over my life. And the appropriate thing then is a gratitude that goes out toward him. And that's what we've recognized and, and what's been a part of the scriptures for centuries. This awareness that when we know who God is and who and how he works and how loving he is toward us, there's something in our hearts that responds in a gratitude or a thanksgiving to him. In Colossians, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and exhorting one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with all grace in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The idea is that Jesus has brought us into a fullness of life. He's the one that has brought our salvation. He's the one that's brought us peace with God. He's the one that instructs our lives. And with that, there's this awareness that whatever we do, there ought to be a thanks going to God through Christ, an awareness that this is what we have in him. This is the wonder of what we're involved in, and we give thanks unto God for it. Thessalonians says, always rejoice, constantly pray, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It says, whatever you're, whatever you're into, whatever you're doing, Give thanks. This is appropriate. Colossians says, We always give thanks to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard about your faith in Jesus Christ and the love that you have for all the saints. And again, Paul's going, he says, When I think of other believers and the community that I'm connected to, he says, I give thanks. It's appropriate. Revelation there's a picture, a scene painted of heaven, and there's 24 elders seated on thrones, and it says they get down on their knees, their faces to the ground, and they worship God with these words, we give thanks, O God, the, the all-powerful, the one who is and who was, because you've taken your great power and begun to reign. So it's, it's not just who God is, it's not just an awareness of what he's done, but it's even an awareness of what will be. And there's a thanks that goes out. I skipped one. That was just for you. <laughs> they were teasing him that I have a tendency to do that. Um, I do. There's a one on Hebrews. You can look it up. <laughs> We will receive an unshakable kingdom. <laughs> Let's go back. In Romans 1, there's a danger pointed out for the lack of a grateful heart. It says, For although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or give him thanks, 
but they became futile in their thoughts, and their senseless hearts were darkened. And in, in a sense, it's saying, if you don't recognize this world as it is, and recognize God as who He is, and appreciate what's going on, there's a tendency for you to lose what you actually have. That your thinking becomes futile, and it's like the light that you have is lost. And you're walking in darkness, and you don't have a clue as to what's going on. Finally, one last verse. This is David. Just a, There's a song listed that he wrote in regard to bringing the ark into Jerusalem. And this is an idea that the presence of God is coming into our setting. That's, that's what he's looking at. He says, Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his accomplishments among the nations. Sing to him, make music to him, tell about all his miraculous deeds, boast about his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. I'll leave that with you. What I'd like is to spend a few minutes, and if you have a specific thing of thanks that you'd like to declare and to say, God has been so faithful to me in this, and you can do it in such a way that it benefits the whole group, we'd like to hear it. So, us uh, a favor that you intend for their lives. They live lives of thanksgiving and joy in you. As each one goes into the community, give them words of life to speak over others. Enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen. God bless you.